You are listening to Hellcat's Hope, episode number seven. Welcome to Hellcat's Hope, the podcast to find humor, healing, and hope. Come along with Hellcat as she explores ways to help you overcome adversity and find your own inner Hellcat. Yes, Hellcat is her legal middle name, and hope is her game, bringing hope to others by showing what's possible. Here's your host, law school grad, motivational speaker, author, and certified life and smoking cessation coach, Lori Hellcat Bamford. Hello, Hope Junkies. Welcome back. This is episode number seven. I am Hellcat. Yes, that is my legal middle name. To hear that story, check out episode number one, What the Hellcat. And I am doing this podcast because I want to bring hope to people to show them what's possible, not only in their personal lives, but in their relationships and their businesses and in their community. So in each episode, I hope to share some personal stories and practical takeaways that will both motivate and inspire you to find your own inner Hellcat in your day-to-day life. This is episode number seven, which I have titled, My Baby Has a Beard, the sequel, When Plans Change. Bum, bum, bum. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to episode number four yet, My Baby Has a Beard, the Journey to Goodbye. You might be wondering, why does this sound like the title to a Lifetime Movie Network premiere? Why does she have a baby and why does that baby have a beard? First, go listen. It is by far the most popular episode in terms of the number of downloads that I have done thus far. I share about my son's birth story, some examples of how I was a neurotic first-time mom Uh, Thank you, Dr. Stecklow, for not firing me, as well as my thoughts on our family's journey as our firstborn heads off to college. And just like that, our nest is almost half empty. And the reason it's called My Baby Has a Beard is because there was a moment last spring, I received a picture from a friend of mine of my son and his buddies sitting around her kitchen table, devouring her famous cinnamon rolls. And as I looked at the picture, I was looking at at each of the boys that I've watched grow up. And of course, I looked at my son and I said, my baby has a beard. My baby has a beard, like a full grown man beard. When did this happen? And so that's how the episodes regarding my son and becoming a half empty nester will be entitled, my baby has a beard. Now, Another concern that's come up about this beard that I failed to mention in episode number four is, I wonder how, how is he really going to take care of that beard? I mean, now he just goes by sports clips. They work their magic. But as I think of him going off to college, I'm having the same thoughts as when I first realized he even had that beard. And it is, I have no clue how he's supposed to take care of this. And neither did his dad nor his stepdad, because they didn't have that level of beard mania expertise. And so I asked him, do you even know what to do with this thing? Like, how do you take care of it? And my son replied, no, but I'll ask Xander. He's had one since fourth grade. Well, his best bud Xander is not moving to Kansas with him. So we will just have to have a plan B. I'm sure there's a good barbershop or sports clips in Hayes, Kansas that can manage that mane on his face. 
So today's title, My Baby Has a Beard, the sequel, When Plans Change, is just a quick follow-up on some things that have already changed since episode number four, which I just published eight days ago. Today, I want to talk about dealing with change. When somebody moves the cheese, how can we manage our mind around it? And I want to share some things that have worked for me and my coaching clients. This is a concept I coach with my clients on quite a bit, especially recently as we find ourselves in the middle of a pandemic. And these concepts apply not just to your personal life and your relationships and your families, but your businesses. You know, I'm the vice president and general counsel for my company. And so I've seen firsthand the effect that COVID and the pandemic and all of the changes that we are facing. And I feel like our business has handled it beautifully. And it's this concept of being adaptable to change. And these concepts, they apply, again, not just you personally and your businesses, but when we start to talk about schools and your community. Now, change may not seem like that big of a deal to many of you, but for someone like me, managing my mind around change is something that I've had to really practice for some time now. You see, my close friends and family can attest, I am the queen of itineraries and planning. I always say, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. (laughs) I love a good schedule and a daily plan. Ask my husband. Almost every morning, I run through the schedule for the day. And when I journal every morning, I do look at my day ahead so that I can see the whole picture and how this machine is going to all work together. At our last family reunion last summer, I had a spreadsheet. Yes, a spreadsheet. Now, you can't fault me for that. As I've shared in previous podcasts, I'm one of 11 children. And then I don't even know how many grandkids. I've lost count. But there were 13 rooms at the Journey to Healing in Mead, Oklahoma, where we were staying, which, by the way, is a beautiful facility. If you're looking for a place for your family reunion or wedding or event, check them out. Journey to Healing, Mead, Oklahoma. So they had 13 rooms in the lodge, and I was in charge, of course, of the keys and the meal planning. I needed everyone to sign for their key and sign off on their room assignments. I just wanted to avoid any confusion. To this day, my brother Mark still teases me and will send me a text about not having his key to his room eight or where is it? And everyone complied because they know me. Well, except one, my oldest brother, Mike. He does what he wants. And if you ask my friends, I'm the same way with our girl trips. For example, we surprised Gigi with a trip to Disney a few summers ago. Of course, I had the Disney app. We'll tell you which rides to go to at what time to avoid long lines. Of course, I had an itinerary. Of course, I had a meal plan. And I had it printed it out and bound and spiraled. Pretty much down to the hour, everyone has one. It's just easier. Then we don't have people standing around saying, well, what are we going to do now? What are we going to eat? I can simply refer them to the master itinerary by page and paragraph. Now, I cannot be alone in this. Who is with me? Who else is neurotic about planning? Hop on over to the Hellcats Hope podcast Facebook page and let me know that you're with me. Now, in my defense, I'm not as stringent as I used to be. Now, I still believe in an itinerary, but lately I try to say it's a loose itinerary. There is some flexibility. Again, I'm trying to be more flexible 
And as we have been helping Aaron prepare for college, there are a lot of plans and checklists from the whole NCAA recruiting qualifications process, FAFSA, financial aid, applications to the actual schools, housing applications. As many of you know, there is just a lot to check off. Setting them up with the school's communication system, enrollment, this in itself could be a full-time job. And I'm glad to help my son with the process. I truly am. But when you throw in the uncertainty that is COVID into the mix, it can make it a little bit more challenging to manage. Not impossible, but a little more interesting. So move-in day and report day for all football players at Fort Hay State University was August 5th. That was the plan months ago. And I had set in my mind that was the day. Had it on the calendar, scheduled it, began a mental itinerary formulating in my mind. And the thoughts of taking him up there and leaving him also formulating in my mind. I shared with you in episode four how my thoughts were getting away from me. As I've mentioned before, I teach my clients the think, feel, act cycle. And it's just a tool that you can look at any circumstance that you're in and look at your end result and see that your thoughts and your feelings and your actions get you that result. The concept is, is that we have all of these thoughts running around in our head and they do create feelings in our body that drive our actions and get a certain result. And the one particular example I gave was about Aaron going away to college. I kept thinking about the circumstance. Aaron is going very far away to college. And I really had to truth check that a little bit. I really had to say, okay, far away is relative. There are some students that are going much further. And then of course, I think of my nephew who's in Japan right now. So I really had to lower the temperature on that a little bit and think about it in terms of Aaron is going off to college. Now I had many, many thoughts about it. And you may recall, my ultimate thought was, he's not going to be taken care of. I kept picturing him in, at three years old in his little overalls with his Velcro tennis shoes. And I picture him sitting on this dorm bed with his little feet dangling, not able to touch the floor, and he's hungry and alone. Yeah, I know, not helpful. And so when I had those thoughts of he's not gonna be taken care of, it created a feeling of helplessness. And think about it. When you feel helpless, what do you do or not do? What are your actions? You probably do nothing. You worry, you fret. That's not productive. And guess what the end result is? He's not being taken care of. I'm not helping him get ready for this new adventure. That's not the end result that I wanted. So I just made a slight shift in my thinking and started thinking about it a little bit differently. I thought about the concept, the circumstance of him going off to college, and I instantly thought, what is the end result I want? I want him to be ready. I want him to be cared for. And to get that result, what do I need to do or not do? I can help him get ready. I can share stories of my college experience. I can help him with his enrollment. I can help him with the NCAA recruiting process. I can make sure that he has everything that he needs. In order to take those actions, what do I need to feel? I need to feel excited. I need to feel curious. I need to be open. And to feel that way, what do I need to think? I need to think I can take care of him or I need to think he will be taken care of. He's going to be great. So you see how that created an opposite feeling of 
helplessness, which drove an action of doing nothing, to a feeling of being open and excited and curious about what lies ahead. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be sad. You just don't want the avoidance of emotion and your wild, unchecked, unmanaged thoughts to get the best of you. And I love that concept. Think about it. Get the best of you. You want to save the best of you for what's really important. And don't let your unchecked, unmanaged thoughts get the best of you. Now, the schedule, like I said, the itinerary, the date was August 5th. And then there was COVID. Talk about adapting to change. And sometimes, especially now during COVID, we really need to be checking these thoughts. We really need to make sure that our unmanaged thoughts don't get the best of us. And it's understandable when all of this first happened, of course, to go into ourselves, probably be in a little bit of shock and give yourself some grace during those initial weeks months even. You know, it took me several weeks to kind of realize what was really happening, how it was affecting my business and my family. But I very quickly realized it wasn't doing a lot of good to get mired down in things that I really have no control over. So I began to do a couple of presentations. I did a a presentation to True Sky Credit Union and Global Gaming Women about the concept of instead of let's just get back to normal, Let's get back to better. And I'll share some of those insights with you today. Now, as a result of COVID, the first change in Aaron's report date was that it was moved from August 5th to August 12th or 13th. Actually, that was fine with me. Now, let me say this. I would say most of the time, I'm very excited about this new chapter for Aaron's life. It's very exciting. What an opportunity to play football at the next collegiate level. I mean, it's awesome. We're super proud of him. And then there are moments where I am sad about it. I am sad about he's not going to be here all the time. I'm not going to be tripping over his shoes. And then there are times where I'm like, yeah, it's time for you to go, baby. It's time for you to fly the nest. I'm ready for you to go. (laughs) I think maybe some mamas and daddies can relate to that. So as a result of COVID, the date changes from August 5th to the 12th or 13th, and they would let us know. Now, In the meantime, what happened is the state of Kansas Department of Health has now a list of states that if you are visiting Kansas from those states, you must self-quarantine for 14 days, meaning you come into Kansas from these states, then you need to quarantine for 14 days. You need to not be around anyone or do anything. Now, those five states right now are Arizona, Alabama, Florida, North Dakota, and Arkansas, I believe. I could be wrong about that. So those were the states that are on the list. Well, we're in Oklahoma. So thankfully, we're not on that list yet. But I was talking to his dad, and we realized we really should probably get him up there as soon as we can. The football team is already starting to practice. The sophomore and higher players are are all working out together. And so we thought if Oklahoma gets on that list, when Aaron finally does get up there, he's going to have to quarantine for 14 days and that could start affecting his ability to work out with the team or practice with the team or start school on time. So we started brainstorming away immediately on what we could do. And Airbnb saved the day. We found a wonderful Airbnb, perfect for Aaron, near the campus. However, that check-in date has now moved to August 2nd the day after graduation and his graduation party. 
So it keeps changing. It keeps moving. And, you know, how could I respond to this? How could anyone respond to this? You know, I could freak out. I could be mad at the state of Kansas. I could be mad at the school. No, they are just doing the absolute best they can during these times. You know, I've realized during these times that we can show up in a way that we choose. We can show up as a parent, a CEO, a leader, a supervisor. And when I think of those roles and modeling for people, in those instances, I always think of that saying, never let them see you sweat. You see, this is an opportunity for us to model for them how to manage these changes. Because there will always be change. And I'm sure this is not the last change in this adventure of heading off to school. This is not the end of the pandemic yet. We are going to see more changes. You know, his classes have moved from the traditional in-classroom setting to a hybrid approach. He has two classes that will be totally virtual and online, and the other three are hybrid between traditional and online. And we could freak out, but instead, I called the IT department and made sure that we were getting them a really good laptop that was going to work with their systems. And during this time of change, we need to practice adapting. We need to be flexible. And here are some things I've thought of that maybe will be helpful for you as we manage how quickly things are changing right now. Number one, be willing to adapt. Be willing to be open and curious as to what you might need to do, not just in your family, but in your business or in the schools and the community. And adapting helps you prepare to manage those changes. Number two, be flexible. Sometimes the itinerary is not gonna go as planned and that's okay. Number three, don't procrastinate. You see, my son's room upstairs, I try to stay out of there. The few times that I go up there, I, uh, oof, it's bad. <laughs> and so I know that I need to get in there and help him organize and clean and start packing. And I've just kept putting it off. And now here we are. We're less than three weeks away. So that's something I need to get, I need to get started on. And so don't procrastinate because when these changes happen, it's going to be less stress on you and you'll be more willing and able to adapt and be flexible. Number four, be excited. And, and I'm not saying that this has to be your initial response. I think it's totally normal. And we're human beings for our initial response to be, oh my God, what are we going to do? To panic. I get it. But I think if we can manage that in the moment and jot those feelings down on paper, process them, that it's going to be a better result, especially when we're modeling this for our children. We are learning ourselves to embrace change and then we're showing others how they can embrace change as well. Think about it in terms of the think, feel, act cycle. Maybe your thoughts are, I can't believe this. Again, this is terrible. COVID is ruining everything. How many of you have said that? I'm raising my hand. And what sort of feeling does that create when you think of it in those terms? Though normal, though a human response, what sort of feelings do those create? Well, it creates a feeling of panic. And when we feel panicked, what do we do? Well, we're probably not going to think very clearly. We're probably going to make a rash judgment or decisions. We're definitely going to complain a lot. And then what's the end result that we're going to get? The end result is that, yeah, it's going to be terrible. We are going to allow it to ruin everything. 
We're living in a state of disbelief every time you say, I can't believe this. Well, believe it. It's happening. And those that we parent or supervise or set examples for, or maybe that they're watching us to to learn from us how to manage this, they will learn how to react when things don't go as planned. And isn't that what life mostly is about sometimes? You know, I I teach my clients that life is 50-50. Life is 50% amazing and wonderful and goes according to plan and the itinerary. And the other 50% of the time, not so much. And so to teach others and ourselves through practice is not to panic. You know, my best friend, Gigi, I've talked about her before. We've been friends since college, so a long time. I won't do the math on that one. But Gigi is an art teacher. And I will remember when we were at Disney and, you know, I had the app that told me which rides to go to at which time to avoid crowds. And there was one particular ride that it didn't matter what time you went to. It was the haunted house. It was going to be a two-hour wait. And of course, there were other instances of, well, let's go on over to this ride. The app is telling me that this is the prime time to go over there. And so I had my daughter, Sarah, with me, who at the time was 10, 11 years old. And her little friend was with her, same age. And they kept asking and asking, well, well, how long is this going to take? Well, what's going to happen over there? I mean, five million questions about what was going to happen and what was going on. And Gigi finally would say, we will figure it out all out together. And it was brilliant. She just kept answering them that way. We will figure it all out together. And this is something that she said to her art students in elementary school. But we can use it for ourselves today. And I laughed and I said, where did you learn that? She says, I have to say this to my elementary kids all the time. We will figure it all out together. It says, I may not have all the answers and that's okay. We will figure it all out together. We'll know when we know. We'll all know together. Another great tool that can help you through these times of change is think about it and come at it from a place of abundance, not scarcity. You know, sometimes we get into that think, feel, act cycle. And what we find is we act from a place of limitation and scarcity. When you act out of scarcity or fear, that's when you're going to guarantee a shutdown in your thought process. That's when you're guaranteeing a shutdown in actions that you can take and control. When you think of it from a place of abundance, your brain opens up, you're curious. That's where issues and problems are solved. When I come at it from a place of being open and curious, I instantly think, what can I do? In the example with Aaron, in the state of Kansas Department of Health list of states, and self-quarantining, we could have just said, oh, he's screwed. But no, we looked at it from a place of finding a solution and examining possibilities. You start to think of places where you can specifically identify a need and then provide a response. For me, after I got over the initial shock of what was happening with COVID and the quarantine, I realized, you know, I've got an extra two hours a day not having to commute to my office. What can I do? do with these extra two hours. I know I'll offer free coaching sessions because I know for a fact that this coaching work that I have done for the last three years has helped me be in a place right now where I can not only process these changes myself and COVID and the quarantine, but I can really help others do the same. And I'm still offering those. I'm still offering a free coaching session because people need this work right now. People need this help to be able to talk to someone and learn a different way or approach to think about something. 
Another thing you can do is reach out for help. See what others are doing and how they're doing it successfully. You know, for me, I'm very lucky. I have a great co-parenting relationship with my kid's dad. When I received that email from the university about the state of Kansas Department of Health and their no-fly zone states, I instantly got on the phone with him and we, we talked it out. We ran through different scenarios. We came up with a plan that was going to put Aaron in the best position possible to start school and start with football. Next, give yourself a little bit of grace. You're not going to manage all this perfectly and no one expects you to. Let go of the need for perfection right now and give yourself and others a little bit of grace. Another thing you can let go of is this idea of balance. I wrote an article a few years ago about how this idea of life work balance or life parenting balance It's a manufactured myth to give us something else to feel guilty about. You know, when I think about the scales of justice and Lady Justice, and if you ever see portraits or pictures of Lady Justice, you notice that those scales are not balanced. And that's kind of how I look at life. You know, sometimes my work is going to get a lot more attention than my family, but then it's going to swing back the other way. And I know that there will be times that I'm able to give my family the attention they deserve. And work is going to go on the back burner for a little bit. And especially during times such as these during COVID, cut yourself a little bit of slack, especially when you talk about balance. It's just not going to be balanced right now. And that's okay. And this is where the importance of journaling comes in. You know, that is the topic of my book journaling your path to healing and hope. And the beautiful thing about journaling is it's figuring out the thoughts that you have first before you start saying them out loud. Remember, the research shows that we have approximately 60,000 thoughts per day. And it's so important to pay attention to the story you tell yourself. Write down your fears and worries. Write down the things that you're uncertain about. Get them down on paper. Then you can begin to look at them and just truth check them. And then the beautiful thing begins to happen. You begin to rewrite that story. You begin to see what you can control. You begin to make a list of what you can control and what is going right. Make a list of what you're good at. Make a list of what you're scared of. When I did this exercise recently, I made a list of the things I was scared of. And then I made a list of the things that I'm good at. And what was so interesting is on my list of things that I'm good at, it was also on the list of things that I'm scared of. And so I went back and I looked and I thought, I need to truth check that. I'm really not scared of that. That's something I'm confident about. So I took it off my scared list. And when you do this exercise, when you have patience with yourself, when you process your mind and manage your emotions around this before you model that for other people, when you exhibit patience, when you think about this from a place of abundance instead of scarcity and fear, that is where you empower yourself so that you can help empower others. So I hope you guys found this helpful today. Just think about how you can show up better for yourself. What is the end result you want when things are changing so rapidly? And I imagine probably by the time I publish this episode seven, there's going to be another change. And guess what? I'm learning to roll with it. And think of it this way. We're getting lots of practice on how to manage our mind during change. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you next time. 
Thank you so much for listening to Hellcat's Hope. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe. To book me as a speaker for your next event, work one-on-one as a coach, or find more information on my upcoming book, please go to whatthehellcat.com. Thanks for listening.